All right. Good evening, everyone. Hopefully everyone is having a blessed evening as we are. As always, we'd like to say praise the Lord. Thank the Lord for another day in the land of the living and another chance to get our acts together. Today is June 20, 23rd, 2022 and week 177. If you're new around here, welcome to Join the Mist of the Storm. This is a program where we like to do weekly live stream Bible studies and shortly upload audio versions to every major podcast platform shortly thereafter. If you've been with us for a while, as we always like to say, welcome back. Thank you guys for tuning in week in and week out trying to hear what thus says the Lord. Now, as you can see from the title, we'll be talking about one God. There is only one God, not two, not three, not 12. There is only, <clears throat> excuse me, there is only one hero Israel. The Lord our God is one God. So without any further ado, I'm going to pass it over to Minister Tony Banks. We can go ahead and get started with this evening's message. As always, I pray that you guys get something out of it. Thank you, Melvin. Let us go into a word of prayer. Uh, if you guys would bow your heads and join in, if you can. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for this life. Thank you for this opportunity. Lord, thank you for uh, everything you've given us. Lord, we, we, we love to start by just giving thanks to you, uh, showing you how grateful we are. Uh, help us, Lord, every day of our lives to just think on good things. It's easy to become overwhelmed. It's easy to be, um, to start thinking of all the negatives in life, all the things that have went wrong, um, all the things that we wish would have happened. But Lord, help us just to focus on the good things. Help us to focus on what you have did for us. Lord, we understand that we have it so much better than so many other people in this life. Yet and still, we find a reason to complain. We find a reason to murmur. We find a reason to be upset. And so, Lord, help that to change. Give us a heart to change. Give us a mind to want to do better. Lord, no matter what happens to us in this life, help us to remember that there is still a reason to have joy in the midst of every storm. And so, Lord, we're praying all these blessings. We're praying for the Bible study tonight that you would open our eyes to see things a little bit clearer than what we saw them uh, prior. So, Lord, we're praying for all these blessings in your holy name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, I, I know I told you a different verse, but we're actually going to go and start in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 19. Um, we're going to talk about the one God um, tonight. Because um, I know I've covered this in my Zoom Bible study. However, I, I, I can't recall if we've actually discussed this topic um, because we have started posting on YouTube as well. So you can look at our YouTube page that Melvin created. Um, so I wanted to make sure this topic got on to YouTube as well. And I'm sure this won't be the last time that we talk about it because, you know, we have to continue to build upon these topics. We have to continue to um, look deeper and deeper in these things, because if we don't, we'll begin to let them slip. We'll forget. Um, and we won't continue pushing forward the way God wants us to push forward. So, Again, thank each and every one of you for tuning in. And um, I'm hoping that we would we would study this so someone out there can understand a little bit better who the Father is, who the Son is, and who the Holy Ghost is. Because 
a lot of us, and I've been here now, so I'm not I'm not picking on you. I've been here. I've wondered, you know, we're told to be baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. But then we get over to Acts and we see them baptized in Jesus' name, and somebody feels, hmm, seems like they left our Father and Holy Ghost. But it's only un, it's only when we get an understanding of what happened there will everything make sense. So we're going to read First uh, Corinthians, excuse me, Second Corinthians, chapter five and verse nineteen here. We got two comments. Um, one from David. He says, "Praise the Lord, everyone. Hope you're having a great day in the Lord. I know that I am. I can speak for myself. I hope that you're doing the same." Thank you for tuning in, um, David. And then we have Chelsea on the YouTube side. She says, praise God. Praise the Lord to you too. Thank both of you guys for tuning in. I think those are only two for right now. God so, bless you. God bless you guys. Before we before you read that, I, I do want to say, you know, it's important for us to make every day a great day. Every day a day of rejoicing and, and happiness we have so much. I, I said it in another Bible study, or uh, and I'm going to say it again. You can see so much, um, so many catastrophes around the world. People dying in earthquakes, people dying in hurricanes, people dying in tornadoes, people dying in car accidents, seen a car accident. And when these vehicles have accidents, you can't even decipher which vehicle is which, we have been so blessed to leave our homes and go to the grocery store or leave our homes, even places, even though we, we're blessed to leave our home and go to the gas station. I'll be honest with you. I was talking to somebody about it recently. No, I'm not happy that the gas prices are up. That doesn't make me happy because I go to, to the pump and I spend so much money. I say, wow, thank you, man. This was fantastic. <laughs> I, I'm so happy I spent so much money. No, I don't feel that way. But I thank God I got enough money to pay for it. Now, I might be running a little low on funds. <laughs> but I say, God, I thank you I had enough to get it. Because somebody doesn't have enough to even do this. You know, so when you go out and you look at these prices of food, prices of gas, prices of whatever. Yes, it's high. And I'm not telling you to, to say, yeah, Lord, please raise it higher. I'm so happy. Let's, let's keep making it higher. No, I'm not saying get crazy. But what I am saying is we should be thankful that God has us in a position to where you can at least pay for these things. There are people who don't have food to eat. And you know what? We, we, we can wake up in the morning and say, man, I really want some Chick-fil-A. And you know what? You go and get Chick-fil-A. You can wake up in the morning and say, man, I want this. And you can go to the store and get it. But somebody out there, they cannot do it. And here we are still complaining, still sad. Everything is weighing us down. See, it's time for us to make a change. It's time. God wants you to be happy in life. The reason we're not happy is because we're not content. So 
thank you guys for tuning in. And let's make every day a great day. There's a reason to rejoice in the midst of every storm. There's a reason to be happy. If you just see, this is why I love God, because if I didn't understand God the way I understand him now, I'd be running around upset all day, too. But the more you begin to understand, even times when we're upset, God reminds us, hold on, you don't have a reason to be upset. He reminds you. But before we'll be sad, we'll be upset, whatever the case may be. But once you get into the word of God, I I can't tell you how many times, um, even times where I've been sick before, but it's something about the word of God. Once I get into a Bible study or once I begin to uh, rejoice and, and listen to the goodness of God, I start feeling better. It happens every time because there's power in Christ. There's power in his word. So please, if you are having a terrible day, if things just seem so bad to you, get into the word of God. Hear the word. Allow God to build your self-esteem. See, God wants to build your self-esteem. The world wants to tear you down. The world tells you, oh, you're ugly, you're this, you're that, you're dumb. This is what the world does. You can't do this. You can't do that. But God wants to build you up and tell you you can do things. You can succeed in this life. And in fact, he wants you to succeed. But even more than your natural success, God wants you to be saved. So I just want to encourage you to seek God, learn of him. And I guarantee you, he's going to make your life better. I guarantee you, if you're willing. So, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we're talking about the one God tonight. Verse 19, um, unless you want to get these comments out of the way really quickly. <laughs> David just says, amen. Today is the day that the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in him. Yes, sir. Every single day. And Casey says, praise the Lord, brothers. Praise the Lord to you too, Casey. Thank you God for bless tuning you. in. God uh, bless you guys. Checking these other play, uh, pages. Um, yes, we do have um, two comments from Ms. Bridget. She says, amen. And yep, the world will try to tear you down. We need the Lord more than ever. That's right. Every single day, we need him more and more. So thank you guys so much for the comments so far. God Definitely bless you. keep them coming. So um, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 19, to wit. To wit. Now, we don't have to go much further than that. To wit. Wit means to know. To know. There's something we have to know about God. He's only one God. Read for us, man. That God was in Christ. God was where? In Christ. He was in Christ. See, Jesus Christ, we think about Jesus Christ. Christ was not his last name. I, I, I want to let you know. Christ was not his last name. Christ had reference to the body. God was in Christ. But you need to know this. 
See, somebody does not know this. And we all start that way. So again, I'm not trying to bring you down. But now is the time for us to learn some things. We've been in church long enough. He said to know this now. God was in Christ. There's only one God. So if God was in Christ, well, let, let's keep going. Start over here for us, Mel. To wit that God was in Christ, mm -hmm. reconciling the world unto himself. He was redeeming us to himself. This was God doing all of this. There's only one God. So we're going to deal with the Father. We're going to deal with the Son. We're going to deal with the Holy Ghost. I just want you to understand that God was in Christ. Christ has reference to the body. God was manifest in the flesh. We're going to move now. we got a couple places to go to. I just wanted to introduce this topic to you. John chapter 1. John chapter 1 and verse 1. Now, he told us over there, God was in Christ. We're going to come over here to the book of John. I love the book of John because John often deals with the divinity of Christ, the divinity of Jesus. So now John chapter 1 and verse 1. Let's see what it says. And uh, before that, Chelsea says, definitely have to be humble and grateful. Mm -hmm. uh, John chapter 1 and verse 1. In the beginning was the Word. In the beginning was the Word. Mm -hmm. And the Word was with God. Mm -hmm. And the Word was God. God is the Word. The Word was God. And we were also just told God was where? In Christ. So now he's taking us back to the beginning. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Uh-huh. The same was in the beginning with God. Mm -hmm. All things were made by him. Everything was made by God. Everything. It says all things were made by him. All things made by God. Uh-huh. And without him was not anything made that was made. Without God, nothing made was made. Now, he tells us all throughout the Old Testament, there's no other God beside him. He's all alone by himself. He said there's not a God before him. There won't be one after him. There's only one God. All right? In him was life. Now, we're going to drop down. You know what? Go back and read verse 1 again for us. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. God is the Word. Drop down to verse 14. And the Word was made flesh. God, because we found out in verse 1, the Word was God. So down here, it tells us the word, which is God. God was made flesh. So that's the reason in the book of Corinthians, the scripture could say God was in Christ. God got into the flesh. 
he got into the flesh. God became a man for you and I. And that's important because someone, you know, if God is going to judge us, you know, today I seen a police officer sped right past me, highway patrolman, sped past me. And I began to think, I wonder what speed he's going. You know why? Because I was thinking, now if I'm speeding, I'll get a ticket. But this person, you know, they can speed now. And I can't give that person a ticket. But the reason I thought this is because of the exact thing that we think when it comes to God. See, if God tells you to do certain things, we're going to look at God and say, well, when did he ever have to do this? If God tells me not to lie, well, when did God ever get in a position where he had to not lie? We're going to think about this. Everything that God tells us to do, we're thinking, well, when has he ever been there? You know, he doesn't know how it feels. Isn't it what we say to people? You just don't know because you've never been in my shoes. So God said, you know what? You won't have an excuse because I'm going to come down and do exactly what I'm telling you to do. He practiced what he preached. He had to become flesh. So it said, and the word, and remember in verse one, the word was God. God was made flesh. He got in flesh and he did what? And dwelt among us. He lived with us. Called his name Jesus. This is the same God that we started out reading in verse one. And you know, it told us he made everything. And without him, there was nothing made that was made. Drop down, go back up to verse 10. Because now we switch from talking about God, and now we're talking about God getting in flesh, who we call Jesus. Verse 10, Melvin. He was in the world, Mm -hmm. and the world was made by him, Mm -hmm. and the world knew him not. Hold on. He was in the world, and the world was made by him. It told us in verse 1 that God. See, now we've started talking about Jesus down here. But at first, we were just talking about God, who we would think of as the Father. But now, it says he was in the world, and the world was made by him talking about Jesus, and the world knew him not. Mm -hmm. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. Talking about Jesus. They rejected him. To this day, Jews still reject him. We're We're still talking about the same one God, but he was made flesh. I want to go back to the beginning to show you this. Go back to to the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 2. And let's pick up verse 7 here. I want to show you how God created you so you can understand what God did with himself. See, I want to make sure you understand how God created you. Now, we're going to read about how he created Adam, but we are the same. We came from Adam. So Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. Now think about this. 
and pay very close attention, you started from the dust of the ground. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. He formed Adam first. He formed his flesh. He formed his body. This was the first thing that God did. He formed his body. Now, at a funeral, at a funeral, when you see the person who is deceased, you still see their body, their flesh. The Bible tells us the body without the spirit is dead. That's what we're seeing at the funeral. There is no soul in that body. So Adam here, God first made him a body, but there was not a soul in the body. He was not alive. You have to understand these things now. I'm taking you somewhere, but if you don't understand this, you will not understand what's next. Keep going, Melvin. And breathe into his nostrils the breath of life. God brought him to life. He brought him to life, and here's how. Uh huh. And man became a living soul. Because he put his soul in his body. I know people talk to you about soul food all the time. They say, oh, you need some greens. You need some pig feet. You need neck bones. You need cornbread. <laughs> you need pinto beans. I know people call that soul food, but true soul food is the word of God. He blew into him the breath of life, and Adam became a living soul. So now, God first, and Paul dealt with this in the book Corinthians, God first raised Adam's body. He formed him a body. Right now, you're looking at my body. You're looking at Melvin's body. If you're, if you're viewing us on Facebook or um, um, YouTube, you're viewing our bodies. But you know, if God took my soul right now, you still see my body. I'll be deceased, but you'll still see the body. This is what happened here. God first made a body. The body and the soul are two different things. The soul needs to be in the body for the body to be alive. And so if God decides to take his spirit back or his soul back that he put in that body, that person is no longer alive. You have to understand this now so you can understand what God did with himself. You have to understand this. So take your time and think on these things. Meditate on these things. Don't get frustrated. Don't call me crazy like they did Jesus, but you're going to do it anyway because they did it to him. But just Think about these things because the Bible tells us there's only one Lord. So your understanding of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost has to always equate to it being one God. So now, God made Adam's body, and after that, he put a soul in the body. 
That's what he did. So now, if God can do that with the body of Adam, if he did that with our bodies, see, you know, I can't remember the, the name of the, it was a movie. I don't remember the name of the movie. But I remember uh, it was two people in the movie. I, I think it might have been a boy and a girl. But somehow their souls got switched into the other person's body. I, I don't remember the name of it. I'm going to have to figure out the name of that movie. But I remember it very well. Two people got put into the opposite person's body. They knew each other. I don't remember what happened, but I remember they got put into the other person's body. And they were so, uh, they were used to their own body, so they didn't know how to res respond and control the new person's body. And so I brought that up to say this. The only reason you know Tony is because you know what my body looks like. Now, you have never seen my soul and you never will see it. You only see the body. And so when a person dies, their soul leaves this body that you know all so well. But that person is still out there. Their soul has just went back to God who gave it. That's what the scripture says. So now, I said all that to say this. God created Adam's body first. Same thing we see when someone dies. We just see the body. Then God put their soul into the body. So now if God did that with you and I, you know what? He can do that with himself. See, this is, this is who Jesus was. He was not another God. He was not some totally different God. He was not. He was the same one God who made Adam and Eve, who made everything that was made. But God is an invisible spirit. And so he created himself. About it. We read that in the book of Corinthians. It said, to wit, that God was in Christ reconciling who? Himself. It said he reconciled himself. Reconciling the world to himself. So, I hope you can understand it. This is a tough thing to get. You have to keep working at this. But I have to put this out there. Because so many people are believing in one God, which is a good thing. But so many more people are believing in two gods, three gods, four, five, six, seven, eight, and even more. The Bible says there's only one God. It's only one God. So I want to help you to understand Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. The Father who we refer to as the Father, he is God. And he did not have a body. So what he did was he created a body just as he did with Adam. And he said, you know what? I'm going to get in this body and I'm going to go live. And we called himself Jesus. Why? Because he was in the role of the son. That's what he was in the role of. 
it's hard. I know it's hard for you to get that. But God is going to help you to understand this. If you do things his way, receive the Holy Ghost, be baptized in the name of Jesus, and search and dig and pray and seek his face, he'll reveal this to you. So what I'm telling you is that God, he created himself a body and he got inside that body. See, this is the reason Jesus never sinned, because he is God. The same God that made everything from the beginning. He's the same one. He just now got inside of a body and called himself Jesus. This is the reason he raised Lazarus from the dead after being dead for four days. Lazarus came back. And in fact, Jesus told us he would raise himself up after three days, and he did it. This is the reason he turned water to wine. This is the reason he walked on water. This is the reason he stood up against the sea and the winds and he said, peace be still. He stood up to the waves. This is the reason Peter asked him, Lord, if it's you, look, allow me to come to you. Jesus told him, come on. He granted him the power to walk on water. See, this was God in flesh. The Bible said God was manifest in the flesh. God got in a body. He's the same God. So this is why the apostles baptized in the name of Jesus because they understood the same father that they've known throughout the Old Testament is Jesus. So we're going to look at that. Um, Let's go to the book of John. I believe I want chapter 10. Because at first now, they were confused. So it's natural for us to be confused about this. It's natural. John chapter 10, let's pick up verse 33. Because they were confused to the fact that a man could be God. But they were missing something. He was not only a man. So we're going to read John chapter 10 and verse 33. The Jews answered him, saying, For a good work we stone thee not, Mm -hmm. but for blasphemy. And because that thou, being a man, makest thyself God. Go up to verse 30 so we can see one of the things he said to make them feel this way. I and my father are one. You know what he just told them? He said, I'm the father. I and my father are one. He said, there's no difference between me and the father. We're the same one. Same one. We are one. Uh, We have a question. Mm -hmm. Um, Chelsea, she asks, so when Jesus was born, why when people wanted to get signs that God was real, Why did Jesus always have to get orders from God to show the signs? Can you tell me what sign? Uh, I I need to know exactly what it is you're talking about. What what sign 
were they wanting that Jesus had to wait for the order to give them? Because I'm not exactly sure what sign you're talking about. Um, so um, please let me know what sign it is that you're referring to, Chelsea. But now I'll say this in the meanwhile, while you're um, pulling up or typing it, whatever the case may be, let me say this. So God noticed this. Jesus was not only man and he was not only God. He was both. He's both now. We have to recognize that fact. See, you and I, we're only man or woman. You are not God and I am not God. None of us are God. This man was both man and God. So now there are certain times where you see the man act out. And certain times you see God act out. For example, when Jesus was on the boat and a storm was on the horizon, they woke him up. See, the Bible tells us in the Old Testament, God does not sleep and he doesn't slumber. So we can look at this and say he's not God because he slept. Hold on. He's a man, though. And as a man, he can sleep. We can look at another time. The shortest verse there is, it says Jesus wept. This is a human's characteristic. He's showing us he's not only man, excuse me, he's not only God, but he's also man. So he wept. We've seen on the cross and even before he got to the cross, he bled. See, bleeding is not something God does. It is something a man does, a human now. When I say that word man, I'm talking about a human. A human does this. So Jesus did a lot of things that a man or a human would do, being born. See, God is not born. God always exists. If he is born, he's not God. But Jesus could be born. Why? Because he put on flesh. See, God is not in flesh. God does not have bones. He doesn't have hair eyes, teeth, but God, he became a human. See, we're talking about God. You know, you were not human at first because you did not exist. A car, if you walk outside and see a car, someone created that car. That car was not always in existence. Someone created that car. Someone had to go to the factory, put all these parts together and create the car. So there is a creator. And so what God did, he created you and I, a body. And then after years and years and years, he said, God wanted, God wanted something that us as people could not do. We, we just could not give this to him. He wanted a perfect 
sacrifice. And all of us humans can never be perfect. He wanted a sinless sacrifice, never sinned one time. That's what he wanted. So you and I cannot do that. But God has the power to never sin. That's the reason Jesus never sinned. He was showing us he's God. But he had to put him his own self in flesh. Because that's the only way he could be killed. See, as God, God cannot die. But as a man and in flesh, the flesh can die. See, there's two sides of this thing. This is a complex thing to understand. It's complex. So we have to be able to understand that Jesus was not only man, he was also God. So a lot of times he talked about how he's doing what the Father wants. Why? Because he's in the role of a human. He's in the role of a human. So that, from that, in that statement, you're seeing him speak from his human side. But in other statements, he's going to speak from his godly side. You know, when he came to Lazarus, I brought it up early. When he came to Lazarus, he didn't say, Lord, please hear my cry. Lord, I'm out here asking for Lazarus to be risen again. You don't see him do any of that. He showed up and he told the sisters, he said, look, I am the resurrection. He's talking as if he has all power, which he told us he had all power. You know, I better, I better address that while I said, if Jesus said he has all power, which he did, tell me what power the father has then. If he's not the father, tell me what power the father has. If Jesus has all, you know, if somebody says they have all of something, that means there's nothing left. If I told you I have all the money in the world, that would mean there's no money left. But I cannot say that without lying because I just cannot have all the money in the world. Jesus said I have all power in heaven and in earth. That's what Jesus said. So now, if that is true, which God knows is true, the Father has no power and the Holy Ghost has no power unless Jesus is both Father and Holy Ghost. See, it's only one God. He is the same one God. So when Jesus was at the grave of Lazarus, when he was at the grave, he said, Lazarus, come forth. That's all he said. When Jesus got up on that boat, he said, peace be still. So, yes, we see him say a prayer. You know why he said a prayer? Because he's showing us how to be human. See, humans pray. But realistically, Jesus did not have to pray for himself now because there were so many times he never did pray. Now, he prayed a lot. Don't get me wrong. But what I'm saying is he did a lot of things of which he did not pray for. In fact, 
I, I think it might be in this chapter. I can't remember. Uh, it, it might not be in this chapter. But there was a person who could not walk. And Jesus told the person, he said, he told the man, he said, be of good cheer. Thy sins are forgiven. He said, be happy. We introduced the Bible study talking about that, being happy. He said, be of good cheer. Thy sins are forgiven. And the people began to murmur and be upset. They said, who is he thinking he could forgive sins? They didn't recognize he was God. But the reason he could say somebody's sins were forgiven is because he's God Almighty. And so he said that to them. And Jesus knew what they were thinking in their, in their hearts, in their minds. And then he said, well, if you think that's something, he said, well, watch this. And he told the man to take up his bed and walk. Man stood up and walked. Man had never walked. I think it was above 30 years. I can't remember the exact number of years. Man couldn't walk from birth. And Jesus told him to stand up and walk. So he's showing us he's not only man, but he's also God. And I said those things to say this. We didn't find him pray. He didn't pray in those instances. So yes, he prayed. He prayed a lot to show us we need to pray. He was showing us his human side, but we find him show the divinity all the time. So I want to get back. If we got any questions, read those for me, Melvin. But I want to get back to where we were, John chapter 10. But if we got any questions, get that really quick. Um, Chelsea's following up her question. Um, She's giving a couple of verses as an example. Um, She said, like in Matthew 9, Chapter 37. I mean, Matthew chapter 9, verses 37 and 38. Mm-hmm. She just oh, put that. Weird. Oh, well, let, let's, let's go there then. Matthew 9. Matthew 9. Uh, then said he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Okay. So he doesn't actually pray here, um, but he does tell them to pray. See, Jesus himself, the Bible tells us we're baptized for the remission of our sins. You know, Jesus got baptized, but the Bible said there was no fault in him. He didn't sin. There was no guile found in his mouth. He never sinned, yet he was baptized. He did some things to show us what we need to do. See, if you have a young child, if a person is a parent, a lot of times his parent now will do some things. Uh, For example, if a parent is trying to teach their child how to um, write their alphabet, this parent might uh, get a, a crayon and on our own, a parent, an adult rather, unless they're into some type of art, we don't even use crayons. Don't even use them. But now we might, with a child, get a crayon and show them, hey, this is the letter A. And you write it really slowly and show, 
you're doing it to show them. It's not as if you need to, you've already made it past that. So Jesus did a lot of things for our sake. So here, I'm going to use this verse and I'm going to go get something totally different than where we just were. So since you brought up this verse, he says, pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest. He said, pray to the Lord. Pray to the Lord. You know, I'm reminded of an instance where I think it was Pharisees and Sadducees, and we won't go and get it, but go back and look it up for yourself. They came to him and they asked, look, why are your disciples not fasting? Why are they not fasting and praying? He said, look, as long as I'm here, what do they need to do that for? Why are they not fat? I'm right here. He's God Almighty. But once he left, he set things in order. He was showing us what we need to do because one day he was going to leave. So I'm going to go get, to answer this question, I'm going to go get uh, John, uh, I believe I want chapter 14. John chapter 14. I think I want this chapter. Yeah, John chapter 14, because he told them to pray to the Lord. Pray to the Lord of the harvest. Now, I'm going to show you in Scripture who the Lord of the harvest is. I'm going to show you in the Scripture now. Jesus, at the beginning of this chapter, go up and get verse, get verse 1 first. Let not your heart be troubled. We don't have to be troubled by these things. Uh-huh. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. He said, look, if you believe in God, you should believe in me. You know why? Because he's God in flesh. See, God was not in flesh at first. Same way you and I were not in flesh at first. God put you in the flesh that you are in. And God put himself in flesh and call that flesh Jesus. So he said, if you, you believe in God now, believe also in me. We're going to drop down. Drop down um, to verse. I just lost a verse here. Drop down to verse 8. Philip says unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Jesus said unto him, You know what? I came to the wrong place. I came to the wrong place, but I, I, I'll stay here. He said, show us the Father. Now, the Father is the Lord of the harvest. The Father is the Lord of the harvest. He says, show us the Father, and it'll do what? Sufficeth us. He said, it'll make us happy. We'll be pleased if we can see the Father. What did he say, Mev? Jesus said unto him, Have I been so long time with you? And yet, hast thou not known me, Philip? He said, haven't I known you? You asked for the Father. He said, haven't I been here all this time and you haven't known who? 
Me. Me. Show us the Father and we'll be happy. He said, haven't I been here all along and you still haven't known me? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you believe in God, believe in me. He said, I and my Father are one in the other place that we didn't get to. He said, we're the same one. We're the same person. It's only one God. See, a person can perform different roles. A person can be a parent. Now, I don't have a child, but suppose I had a child. I am a son, and I'm also a father. Two different roles. I'm the same person now, but I perform different roles. I'm also a preacher. Perform different roles. This is what God did. So at times, I can show my obedience. I can show my obedience. At other times, I can show my authority in telling my children what to do. See, there's different roles, and that's all God did. He came in a different role. That's all he did. There's only one God. There is only one God. Hero Israel, the Lord our God is one. Where I really meant to go, where I really meant to go, um, and, and I want to get this before we before we run out of time here, which we're not going to run out of time, but but before it gets too late, I want to get this verse. Flip over to the book of John, chapter 20. See, a lot of this stuff is in John now. There's a reason I told you. John deals with the divinity a lot. In the book of John, as well as his letters, First um, John, you know, those letters. So Thomas now, and people call him Doubting Thomas, but there was honestly nothing wrong with what Thomas said. He wanted to know for himself. He wanted some proof. That's what he wanted. You know, if you if you just go along and don't ask for any proof in life, you're going to be deceived. He, he really was not doubting. He wanted proof. You know what? People call him Doubting Thomas. Well, if that's the case, you can call all of them Doubting. Because name me one of them that actually believed that Jesus had rose again. Name me one. You're not going to find it. Not one of them believed, not the men and not the women. Not until Jesus appeared did somebody say, oh, wow, he's risen. That's when they believe, when somebody's seen him. Not one of them believed. So they're all doubting if we're going to talk about it from that aspect. Not one of them believed. And so now we find ourselves in a situation where they have seen Jesus, but Thomas has not. God did this intentionally. He, Thomas had not seen him yet. So he told them, look, if I don't see him for myself, I'm not going to believe him. I need some proof. Read verse 25 for us, man. John 20 and verse 25. He said, I need to see some proof. Now, I'm still dealing with that question, so don't get lost on me. You, the question, he said, pray ye therefore to the Lord of the harvest that he'll send some preachers to help. That's what he's praying about now. The harvest is plenteous and the labors are few. He said, pray that God sends some preachers. 
the Lord of the harvest. Remember that phrase now. I want you to remember that phrase. Verse 25 here. The other disciples therefore said unto him, we have seen the Lord. Now this is after Jesus was resurrected. They said to Thomas, look, we've seen the who? Lord. The Lord. We've, good God am I. He said, pray ye therefore that God's, that the Lord of the harvest send somebody to you. He said, pray to the Lord of the harvest. Now, I'm going to show you he was talking about praying to himself. He is the Lord of the harvest. He is the Lord of the harvest now. I want to show you that he was talking about himself. So here, the disciples came up to Thomas and said, we've seen the Lord. Uh-huh. But he said unto them, except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. Now, all the rest of them were the same way. They had to see him first to believe him. They, they needed some type of proof. And I thank God today. I hadn't put my hands in his, in his nail prints, but I received the proof. The proof is the Holy Ghost. I've received what he promised I would receive. This is the proof today. We're going to keep reading here, though. So Thomas said, I'm not going to believe until I see him. All right. And after eight days, again, his disciples were within. Eight days now has passed since this conversation. His disciples were inside. Keep reading for us, Mel. And Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut. Now look at this close now. The doors were already shut. See, he's showing us he's both God and man all the time. Doors were shut. Uh-huh. And stood in the midst. But he still came in. Now, how'd he get in? Now, you tell me how'd he get in. I'll tell you what he did. He walked through the wall. He just popped in there. The same way he was sitting at the table eating with two disciples. And he, he, he broke the bread. And as soon as it happened, they realized who he was. And he vanished. The same way now, in Acts chapter 2, while he was standing there right in their sight, he finished telling them what he had to tell them, and he vanished. See, he's showing us he's more than a man. See, you, you hadn't seen. <laughs> you don't have the ability. I know we've seen these magic shows and <laughs> people pretending to levitate and... <laughs> But they don't have any real power. But this fellow here has some real power. So the doors were shut and he still came inside. They couldn't keep him out. Read for his mail. And said, peace be unto you. Peace be unto you. Jesus talking, uh-huh. Then said he, then saith he to Thomas, reach hither thy finger. Showing us his humanity. Look, reach into my flesh. He's God now. But he has became a human. That doesn't mean he's no longer God. He just has become a human. See, we didn't read it. I wanted to get to it, but it's fine. When the Jews tried to stone him, 
And, and matter of fact, I take that back. We did read it. They said, we're not stoning you for a good work, but for blasphemy. They say, you being a man, you're making yourself God. But they had it backwards. He was God and he made himself into a man. See, God can make himself into a man. You know, people say they believe God can do all things, but we don't believe he can make himself into a person. We believe he made us into male and female, but we don't believe he can make himself into a man. We have limited God. We have limited God. How does he have the power to make millions of people, but he can't make himself into one of those people? How does he have this power? He gives all of us these bodies and every last one of us look different. You know, this is incredible. We all look different. You can find some people that look similar, but you will not find people who look exactly the same. I don't care if they're identical twins. I don't care who they are. They will not be exactly the same. You can hear people sing. They will not have the exact same voice. See, this is the power of God. So if he has given all of us all of these different features, you mean to tell me he can't create himself and put himself in a body and name that body the same way I've been placed in this body and I've been named Tony? He put himself in a body, named it Jesus. Read for us, Melvin. So let's start again at 27. Then saith he to Thomas, reach hither thy finger and behold my hands and reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side and be not faithless, but believing. He said, I want you to believe it. And I came here to do this for you. See, if you question, <coughs> excuse me, if you question whether God is real or not, he will prove it to you if you put him to the test. He wants you to question this now. I, I'm, I'm telling you, he wants you to question whether he's real or not. If you're sincere now, if you just sincerely don't know but want to find out, God wants you to question because you're going to be looking for some proof. And that's when he can deal with you, with you, when he has your attention. So he said, reach your hands now. And believe this, and I want to show you the confession that Thomas made, because what we read over in Matthew, he said, pray ye therefore that the Lord of the harvest, now pray to the Lord of the harvest that he'll send somebody, send some preachers. Read what he said here next. And Thomas answered and said unto him, my Lord. And my God. What did he say again, Melvin? My Lord and my God. Now, he called him both Lord and God. Both man and God. He's both. He is both. He is both Lord and God. He's both man and God. So Jesus told them, pray ye. Look, pray to the Lord of the harvest. I'll tell you, the Lord of the harvest is Jesus himself. He, it is Jesus himself. He was in the role, though, at that time that he was on earth. He's in a role 
of the son. But you know, in the end, he's going to be in the role of God. <clears throat> when uh, Jesus went on the Mount of Transfiguration, his appearance changed. We, it talks about it in the book of Revelation. He had eyes of fire, hair of wool. Uh, his feet looked like it had been burned in brass. Burned in the fire, excuse me. Color of brass. He's showing himself in the form of God. Because if, you, if you're familiar with this story, now there's a lot of moving parts here that we have to put together. And we don't have the time to do it tonight. But if you would look at what happened, they became afraid when they seen this. Now, all throughout their lives, they were not fearful of Jesus to this degree now, to where they looked at him and they were like, oh, my goodness, wow. But now when he was transfigured, he was showing us his divinity. So in the end, it tells us that Jesus now was going to separate us, the sheep from the goat. He's going to do the judging. We always say God is going to judge. Jesus is going to judge because he is also God. He is more than just a man. And he was more than just God. God was in Christ. God was in that body. The body has reference, excuse me, Christ has reference to that body. God was in Christ. So we find the confession here. Thomas had to make this confession. He said, my Lord and my God. He knew the only way this man could come back after three days of being dead. And he's walking through walls. He's popping up here, vanishing there. And on top of all that he did before this, man had been walking on water. Man allowed Peter to walk on water. He raised so many people who were sick. He, he fed 5,000, above 5,000 with two fish and five loaves of bread. Out of all he did, they finally got the message, man, this is God. This man is more than a man. He's God. So Thomas made this confession, my Lord and my God. We're going to get another verse here, uh, that next verse there, Melvin. Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. He said, you've seen me and you've believed. But now there are going to be some people who are blessed because they haven't seen me physically, but they're going to believe. And you know why? Because we have seen the Holy Ghost. We have received the Holy Ghost. That's what's going to make us a believer. Without it, we cannot. Without it, we just won't know everything we need to know. There's some, there's some, there's, there is a deeper level God wants us to see. And that's why he's offering his Holy Ghost. So he's both God and man. I hope that answers the question. Let's, let's get to the comments, Melvin. 
Um, we have a few of them. Um, David, he just he mentioned John chapter 14, verses 8 and 9 before we covered it. So I guess it wasn't all a mistake for going there first. And then he says, um, he is the creator and we are his creation, his workmanship. And also Jesus has a dual nature, all God and all man. I think in some song it says fully God and fully man. I'm not mm-hmm. sure yeah, it does. What, what song that is, but I do remember I like it. I just can't think of the name of it. And, um, he also says we walk by faith and not by sight. Cynthia says, praise the Lord. So praise the Lord to you too. Thank you for tuning in. And um, Bridget says uh, from a while ago, about 30 minutes ago, he's both he's both like God and man and relied on and obeyed the Holy Spirit. Jesus did miracles, healings, and deliverance as a man through the Holy Spirit. He did it as a man and not as God so that we would know we can do greater things than he did by believing him and through the Holy Spirit. And she also referenced John 14. Um, And then she says he also disappeared through crowds that wanted to stone him. He did. And also, um, going back to what Tony was saying, being in different roles, she just said, that's true, different roles. So I believe that is all of them for right now. Jesus did a lot of things of which he did not pray first because he honestly did not have to. But he did in a lot of instances to show us he's not only God, he's also man. So as we continue, now keep digging and you will discover. There will be times where you read, you will see him act out as man and also him act out as God. So That's what I want to encourage you to do. So if we don't have any other questions, we will wrap it up for the night. But I want you to keep digging and keep looking to see how he is both God and man. His life, he he told us, look, if you don't believe me for my words, look, believe me for my works. He said his works testify of who, who he is. And so now if you see any man walking on water whenever he feels like it, he's God. Because us, we have to pray and ask God, Lord, help, let, let this happen. But we can show you many instances in Scripture where Jesus did not pray and it happened. They told him uh, there was someone, uh, the soldier's servant was at home uh, sick. And he told Jesus, look, you don't have to come underneath my house because I'm not worthy. He said, just speak the word and it'll happen. He'll be healed. And all Jesus did was he spoke the word. He didn't ask God, Lord, if it's your will, Lord, I'm praying that this prayer. No, he spoke the word. So, yes, he prayed because he's showing us he's man. But there's a lot of times he did not pray. And miracles still took place. So look into these things and ask God to continue to open your eyes, open your understanding. And so if there are no questions, we will get out of here tonight. Uh, We will say God bless you guys. And again, I'll turn it back over into the hands of Melvin so he can get us out of here. Thank you. Uh, We do have one comment uh, from Jeremy. He's just quoting 2 Corinthians 9 and 10. Now he who supplies seed to the sower 
and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. It's true. Thank you for the comment. And I don't see any more. But there is only one God. Um, and I know a lot of people get confused at that because even me um, a few years ago where I didn't know anything about the oneness, you know, I thought Jesus was just a human that God chose to do certain things. But it was not until I was actually told that, no, they were, they are the same and was actually walked through the Bible. Now, Tony was the one who told me that. And I know that this was taught before. I just wasn't paying attention because I didn't have that much interest back then. But I'm grateful to be shown the truth because this, what we're doing is really important for people to know. Not everybody's dying trying to get on here for an hour, two hours. And really, this is short. When we first started doing this, we were on for like three, three and a half hours, covering a lot of scripture, answering a lot of questions. And, that, and we don't mind that. Uh, we definitely don't mind that. But this is important. There is only one God. I'm just, um, again, grateful to know the truth. And I don't even have much to add because this is definitely a, an in-depth topic. Uh, we've covered it two or three times before. So if you want to go back and listen to those, uh, definitely go and do that. And I don't see any more comments. So thank you to the ones who did comment, David, Chelsea, Casey, Cynthia, and Bridget and Jeremy. Now, we definitely appreciate you guys for the interactions and the questions, because as I always say, if you have a question, ask it, because someone else definitely is going to have that same question. So if that be it, uh, as my weekly reminder to you guys, we do have Zoom Bible studies every Monday evening at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. It's a good topic each and every single week. We would love to have you guys there. And um, I believe next week, uh, starts the pre-recording. I know next week will be a pre-recorded message, so we won't be able to answer you guys live. Or wait, is it? I'm, I'm sorry. Sure I'm sorry. Would. Next week we will be live, but the week after that is pre-recorded. Uh, we're in the process of moving, and it's really tedious and also expensive process. So um, I think next week it is normal. We will be live, but the week after that and the following weeks will be pre-recorded. If I'm thinking about it correctly. So, um, as I always like to say, well, let me check one more time. See if we don't have. Bridget says, kingdom teaching is important. Definitely. So, I think that is the last one. So, as I always like to say, rejoice in the Lord always because today's tribulations are tomorrow's testimonies. Counted all joy, counted all joy, and again, counted all joy. There is reason to be joyful in the midst of every single storm. So, if the Lord blesses and says the same, we'll see you guys next Thursday evening live with another topic coming straight from the Word of God. Until then, you guys have a happy, safe, and blessed weekend. And thanks once again for tuning in. Thank you for listening to our weekly Bible study podcast. We hope you enjoyed this evening's message. My name is Melvin Corners, here alone with Minister Tony Banks. You can catch these Bible studies live on Facebook every Thursday evening at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time at facebook.com slash jmsbible. We hope to see you guys there. Thank you.
We have Zoom Bible studies every Monday and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. To join our messages, all you'd have to do is click the meeting link in the description. There is also a link to listen to all of our previous Zoom messages as well. We hope to see you guys join in on the study. And always remember to rejoice in the Lord always. Always.